Kia ora welcome back to the Small Town Kid Podcast, I hope you're having a very good day out there today, uh, thank you so much for tuning in, I really appreciate the support, and today we've got a very special interviewee on, uh, he shares a story on how he journeyed through adversity, uh, obstacles that he faced, how he came out the other side, and also things that he's implementing into his day to day. So how it became was that I was scrolling through TikTok one day, and I came across the bro's vlogs. And if you know him, he does his morning routines and he, you know, he shows you everything that he does. Two hours, no social media, etc. I won't tell you because you'll hear it in the podcast. But anyways, I was very inspired and very intrigued into, into what he gets up to. And so I flicked the bro a message, see if he was keen to jump on the podcast. And he was. And that was the man himself, Rangi Mari Yamata, a.k.a. Mani Mata. So anyways, funny. I hope you enjoy the podcast and you get heaps of value out of it because I definitely did. Kia ora. Uh, morena, my bro. Morena, brother. Uh, welcome to the Small Town Kid podcast. Um, this podcast is just, oh, well, when I was growing up, didn't really have that many mentors or anyone to look up to sort of thing. And um, I think this can add value to those other small town kids out there. Yeah, I thought you were the ideal person to bring onto the podcast, just following your journey at the moment. But um, yeah, we'll just start off by introducing yourself. I mean, bro, appreciate it. Um, just quickly, what, what small town are you from? I'm from, well, actually not from there, but or Portuki is the town that I associate Man. with. Yeah. Man, that's, that's cool. Do you know where that is? Yeah, my mum used to live up in Gizzi. Oh, true. And my, and my brothers are from, uh, my brothers are from Rangitukia, so I'm familiar oh, with the East Coast, yeah. Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, man. that's where I'm from, East Coast. Me, me. Um, just a little bit about me. My name is Rangimari Mita. I'm from Wellington. Um, born and raised in uh, Lower Hutt, to be specific. Just a little, little suburb out of Wellington. Uh, I'm 22 years old, and yeah, I grew up uh, all my life in Wellington. I moved to uh, Palmerston North when I was 17. I went to Palmerston North Boys High School for my last year of school, and then uh, been playing basketball since I was about 13, 14 as well, and that's kind of uh, the reason I went up to Palmy as well, and then that's kind of where a bit of my journey has been. But um, yeah, that's a that's a little bit about me in short, and I'm sure we can get into some more. Yeah, hard. Um, Good convo. Just... I don't know, talk to us about growing up. What was it like for you? Uh, making the move to Palmy? What was all that stuff like? And just anything you can share with us? Yeah, sure. Sweet, bro, yeah. Um, so I grew up with uh, with both my parents. Blessed to have both my parents. I got three older brothers as well, and then an older sister. And then when I was about, when I was about 11, 12, 11, my mum whangai had my little cousin. So I've um, got a big family, uh, five siblings. So, um, you know, it was cool growing up as a, as a kid. We're always going on family holidays and stuff like that and that's those are some of the things i have fond memories of um, as i said grew up in lower hut and mainly in a place called wainui and then a, another place called petoni as well um, and then i went to all, and all my schooling in lower hut and then i went to st pat silverstream which is a, a really good rugby school here in wellington and um I, I, over the years it started to become a really good basketball school too and um has a really flash gym there 10 million dollar gym was built when i was year 10 so uh, really fortunate to have that um growing up i really enjoyed you know spending time with my siblings and my parents and i enjoyed going on holidays and stuff like that and uh when i was when i was going into my last year of high school i decided i need a bit of a challenge so i um decided to take my talents to palmerston north boys high school and they had a, a great basketball team the year before the year before i got there they came second in the nation uh, they lost in the in the national final on the buzzer beater um wow. some fella threw it up from just inside half court and then so I watched that game live and then I decided, you know, I want to, I want to better myself. And they had about five or six players playing for New Zealand um, in that team. 
And when I was at St. Pat's Silverstream, no one played for New Zealand. So there was, um, the, the players were great, but like, I, I felt like I could better myself if I, if I moved to Palmy to mm-hmm. train with these fellas and work out with these fellas and pick their minds too. And so um, I moved to Palmy Boys and played basketball for that team and, and went to school there. And that was also my first year playing for New Zealand. I played for the New Zealand round three team, went to the World Cup in China, which was pretty cool. And it just, I guess that was, um, that just showed that the move paid off and like that was beneficial for my, for my growth as a player. And as a person too, it was my first time living away from home. Uh, my older brother was in the army in Linton up in Palmy. So I lived with him and his fiance at the time, or his still fiance, but mm-hmm. at the time I lived with them. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was a big challenge mentally. I had to grow a lot that year, uh, living away from home. And then, uh, yeah, first year out of high school, I stayed up in Palmy again, played basketball for the um, two Jets, which is the New Zealand, uh, in the New Zealand NBL. Yeah. Uh, first year out of high school with a few of my teammates. And then same again the next year, played for the two Jets again. But I got injured that year, which I guess is kind of how, how, which led me down this path mm-hmm. of self-development and, and spirituality and growth and stuff like that. That's before weird. before we get into that part, because I was listening to your podcast and yeah, that, that's quite a, I think that's going to yeah. be interesting, but we'll get into that later on. What, was it, what was it like um, going from your old team at, in Wellington to moving up Palmy and you just surrounded by all these, you know, up there athletes playing for New Zealand? What was that like? It was cool, bro. And like, I've always been really, um, I've always been really competitive as an athlete. Like I've always, I've never shied away from the competition. So um, it was cool. Like, our trainings at Palmy Boys were competitive. People battling, like arguments all the time, like, you know, people collaring each other and stuff, you know, because like it's getting pretty aggressive. And when I was in Wellington um, at school, like Silverstream is known as a rugby school. So it wasn't, um, basketball wasn't that competitive. Like I was the only, one of the only people in our team when I was at Silverstream that just played basketball, you know, like some people played rugby and then cricket as well. But like um, in the basketball team, when I went to Palmy Boys, everyone just played basketball. But um, it was a it was a different it was a change it was a hard change as well like off the court having to make new friends and stuff like that um, obviously I only went for one year so I really mm-hmm. as I was starting to meet people it was like just the middle of the year so um, I missed all my Wellington bros too like I really value all my friendships down here in Wellington so um, yeah, it was a tough move but it, it really paid off yeah now congratulations on the New Zealand team too was that your first Thanks, time bro, making it or no probably yeah not. first time yeah true under 18, three on three team. Yeah, it was really cool. Oh, yeah. How was that one? How Thanks. was that? The tournament it was me, bro. Yeah, we went to China, bro. So, uh, so we actually only found out about three weeks before. So, we done these trials. Um, we had to go up to Waikato and, and Hamilton, and do these trials like for five weekends in a row, and it was costing a bit of money. And uh, my old man was like, "Oh, do you reckon like what are your chances of making this team? Like, it's costing us a bit of money to send mm-hmm. you to Hamilton in five weekends in a row, like accommodation, travel." And then I was like, oh, no, you know, I, I back myself. I trust myself. And it was hard, bro, because we tried to give some pretty tough players, like some really good talent. And then, um, yeah, uh, made the team three weeks before the tournament and then flew out to China um, in July, started July 2017. And then it's only three on three. So it's only three people on the court at the same time. So it was only myself and three other teammates. And then, yeah, uh, went, to China, went to Chengdu, China, which was like one of the biggest cities in China or something like that. And we played outside this um, building called the World Global Center. And it's like, it's the world's biggest building in like landmass size. So like, if you think about like um, a mall or something here in New Zealand, it's like like 50 times that. It was huge. It had like a theme park inside it, a water park. Like it was mean. And then so we played outside. And it was so hot in China. So like, you know, we're sweating heaps. And then 
Um, we ended up coming fourth at that tournament. It was me. And one of my highlights was was leading Haka. I don't know if that's if um, you're the same as me, bro, as a young Māori boy. Like, I used to practice Haka in the shower and stuff like that. Heaps as a kid, you know, just, oh, yeah. like, make it dramatic. Oh, yeah. Like, mm. imagine the rains coming and falling on my oh, yeah, head, face, whatever, in the shower. So that was one of my proudest moments. We played uh, we played against Georgia in our mm. first game. And uh, we, won, we beat them just in golden point, actually. And that was the first game we'd done. We done hacker before the game, so that was probably one of my highlights. Ah, too man, and I'm definitely a proud Māori boy as well. Watching the All Blacks, you know, to get ah, the, the hairs on your neck, you know, stand up, <laughs> all that. Hard out, so after your schooling, you, know, you went into NBL. Wow, that that must have been cool, way. Eh? Yeah, bro, it was mean. Ah, like if you think about it, 18 years old, first year out of school, and then playing mm. against some some legends of the game, and um, had some like had some some decent games like obviously only 18 so I was really raw and and not shy like I don't think we really lack confidence because I when I went to Palmy Boys there was about four or five of us from our Palmy team that um that they played for the, the Jets that year as well and uh one of my bros Jake McKinley rest in peace to him he passed away just before Christmas and he was he was actually in high school he was in his um uh, year 13 year and he was starting for our, our Jets team in the NBL and he was only 16 17 so um yeah that's uh, we had some great memories that year and um it was me you know we we kind of pushed some of the best teams and then that's cool like traveling on the road and staying in hotels and um in the nbl you you get two to three import imported players so yep. people from overseas each team's allowed that so we had two uh well, we had three really good imports that year and um just really good off the court too like learning learning from them they've, they've had experience in like nba g league and played um, all around the world so like you know sitting in the hotel rooms and hearing their stories about you know growing up in rough neighborhoods in Baltimore and stuff like that getting chased by the police and like seeing murders and stuff like that it's, it's, it's eye-opening and like as an 18 year old hearing those stories like you know that's kind of what what um what brought more to the game for me too is the off the court stuff. Well, what was the the change in intensity and all that from playing in high school to in, in that league? Probably just like the um probably the toughness you really have to be tough like these you're playing against uh think about when you're in high school you're just playing against teenagers too but mm. when I was 18 there was some dudes in the league that are like in their early early 30s to late 30s and stuff like that so these dudes are like you know growing man strength mm. I'm still skinny now and I was even skinnier back in like when I was 18 so you know you kind of had to you kind of had to like um be a bit of a bruiser and and take the bumps and stuff otherwise you're kind of going to get shown out so that's definitely the um and the mindset too people aren't trying to like in high school, I feel like people are trying to all be mates and stuff, which is cool. Mm. But like everyone in the NBL is competing. No one's trying to, you know, uh, be your mate on the court. They're trying to, they're trying to get out there and smash you. Yeah, hard up. Um, mm. what's it? Oh, so two years into your NBL journey or whatever it was, and then you you hit a bit of a wall. Talk us through that. I only listened yeah, to it so, briefly on the podcast, so you take it from all me. Good, yeah. So yeah, back in uh back in so 2018 was my first year with the Jets, and then I signed again for 2019, and then six games into the season, um, I had a I had a quiet start to the year actually. I wasn't I wasn't getting too much game time or anything like that in my second year, um, but six games into the season, on a Tuesday night at training, I went up for layup, you know, do these layups hundreds of times, and then I came down, landed wrong, and ended up rupturing my ACL and my knee. And it was a bit of a rough time because, you know, we had team physio there and stuff. And I went and got it checked up straight away. And she was like, oh, you know, your ACL seems sweet. So I kind of got my hopes up. And um, that year was the first year, actually, there was an Australian team in the league. And so there was, I think, like seven or eight New Zealand teams and then just one Australian team. And we were scheduled to play them this coming Saturday. And that 
the injury happened on a Tuesday. So I was looking forward to flying out to Tasmania um, to go play basketball, you know, all, all paid for. And like, I was like, um, you know, like as a kid, you know, you dream of that kind of stuff, like mm. traveling, traveling to a different country to play ball. And so, um, yeah, got injured and then um, had to go get my checkup the next day. And then she was like, oh, you know, I can't feel your ACL or whatever. And I was like, damn, like, um, and then she made a phone call to another physio and she was like, oh, I've got an athlete here from the Jets. Um, I think he might have ruptured his ACL. And then she didn't, she hadn't told me that yet because remember she told me that ACL might, was was fine. So mm. when I heard her say that, my heart kind of like sunk or dropped or whatever. And I was like, damn, like, did you say my ACL? And then she was like, oh, yeah, like, um, I, I think you might, might have torn your ACL. And I was like, damn, got the MRIs and stuff like that. And then it was like, a, was, that's probably the time when I fell into like a deep depression, bro. So mm. obviously, like, if you think about it, basketball was my whole life. And um, I've said this recently in a few videos, like I attach my identity to being, a basketball player and then so when I had to um, sit out of the game injured for a while I wasn't really sure who I was I was like damn like basketball is all I know and I had no qualifications I never studied out of school I still haven't um, and so I was like damn what do I even do like um, so then had to wait four months I got surgery and I kind of I done those ones where I was relying on like surgery to make me happy because mm. I was like you know I can't begin my rehab until I get surgery so it was kind of like okay once I get surgery then I'll be happy and so I got surgery and I was happy. I was like, yes, you know, I'm on the road to recovery. I can finally start my rehab. And then about three weeks later, bro, I, I got depressed again because I was like, damn, okay. Like I relied on surgery to make me happy, but I've still got so like the, the recovery for ACL was like six to 12 months. So I had surgery and I still like realized, damn, I've still got like a whole year to do this. And so from the time I had surgery until the time I got cleared from my physio was 13 months. So it, it took a while. But I did all my rehab right, and a lot of people told me they'd done their ACL before, and if they had any like advice, it would be to do it right because they had regrets about not mm. doing their rehab right. So um, I did my rehab all properly. Um, the only reason it took me 13 months is because when I got cleared to play social basketball again, I rolled my ankle and on, my, on my other leg, and then I was on a moon oh. boot, and then so I was a little bit depressed again. So um, yeah, bro, it was pretty deep stuff. Uh, like mm. when I, I was, felt like I was down in the trenches and. Um, I don't know how, how much we can talk about on here, but like, I felt like, you know, my life wasn't even worth living anymore if mm -hmm. I couldn't play basketball, you know, so I was, I've said this before, I've, I've talked, I've done public speaking and stuff, and I've said this openly, but like, you know, I considered taking my life a little bit, um, there was times where I'd, I'd get home from work, I was working as a teacher aide, and I was working with the, um, primary school kids and, you know, testing my patience, and I was already <laughs> injured, and so yeah. I'd get home, bro, and I was like, bro, I don't even want to live anymore, to be honest, like, I, I just I just want it to be all gone, like, you know, I feel like mm. I'll be at peace if it was all gone, and so, yeah, I'm proud of myself for sticking it out, bro, because honestly, I, I say this to everyone, if I could take back the injury, if I could rewind to back to May 21st, uh, 2019, I wouldn't, like, you know, I wouldn't be the person I am today without all the struggles and stuff like mm. that, so... Yeah, they have shaped me into who I am. So when you were down in the trenches, bro, how how did you ever how did you stick it out? You know, or what, what did you get up mm. to? Bro, I just um I just did things that and I still do this, bro. So I don't know if you or you've probably seen some of my like morning routines, but I just mm. like doing things that make me feel good, bro. Like when when I was down in the trenches, um, you know, I would you know, listen to podcasts and go for a walk or, you know, just like things that or swim in the ocean. So some of my, I made a, a video called My Anxiety Story. It's on my YouTube channel. And um, it talks about like how I, I, I've dealt with anxiety before. And some of the, the methods are like meditation, bro. I started to getting into meditating. And I think I, I started getting into like manifesting, bro. I started um, using positive affirmations during this time. Like 
you know, I used to tell myself, you know, I'm going to be okay, or I am strong and stuff like that. I'm powerful. I have the ability to get through all of this. And by saying that, I feel like I've re reprogrammed my mind to um, mm. believing that I can, you know, I can come back from this and it doesn't define who I am. So positive affirmations, bro, and like um, mindfulness too. It's, it's a big um, practice that I, I use every day. Breath work and meditation is some of the forms of mindfulness. And the reason that I um, do mindful practices is because when I was injured, I was too busy thinking about like, you know, uh, in 12 months, I'm going to be healthy or in six months, I'll be able to um, shoot hoops again. But bro, what I reckon is when you think too far ahead and think about the future, that creates a lot of anxiety. So it's good to just focus on the present moment. And some people say like, take it day by day, but I even reckon um, take it moment by moment, you know, just just like, actually live fully in the present. And that's where, um, that's where I think that's where the real, real life is, you know, in the present moment when you're not, uh, feeling guilty about the past or not um, mm. getting anxious about the future but just focusing on now so those are some of the, the methods that have helped me but definitely bro nature has helped a lot like i swim in the ocean every day and i've got an older cousin he said to me um heal your spirit oh he said to me like hey cuz i heard about your surgery and stuff like that my advice would to you would be to heal your spirit and your spirit will heal your mind and your mind will, will heal your body and like you know so i started to work on my uh, spiritual healing by you know connecting with and stuff like that and um yeah wow that, that's mean cuz um yeah bro yeah oh it's a, yeah i've been trying to implement some swimming and stuff too oh, i think it helps say eh? but a grounding yeah. and all that um sometimes mm. it's cold too so you got to control the old breath and all that too very hard do you get into like wim hof or do you know who wim hof is no nah, I, I, I seen him on your video i was just about to do oh, it yeah. but i ran out of time yeah true yeah bro you should look into him he's the um they, his nickname is the ice man and he's like he wrote he ran like a half marathon in the arctic circle only wearing shorts and stuff but he's like um he's about what you said about the cold like you know controlling your mind and, and working on breathing techniques throughout that time bro like you talk about the mindfulness and meditating and all that was it was there any key mentors that sort of guided you that way or was that just yourself Nah, def definitely lots of mentors bro so um I've always, just as a male I've, I don't know I've always felt more connected um opening up to females and mm. kind of talking and so um i would i would definitely talk with my mom and my sister a lot i'd share a lot of stuff with them um you know just telling them what was on my mind and uh, my ex-partner at the time she was a big help too like she really helped me get through it a lot you know she was there with me um through a lot of it but uh, my parents my mum my and dad you know when i had surgery and i was having a rough time my old man took leave off work and drove up to Palmy to come and sit with me in the hospital and you know i woke up from surgery and it was right there as I was getting wheeled out of the um, wheeled out of the hospital room, you know, he fist bumped me and he was right there. And then I was resting up the next day, and my mum was my mum came up to visit me, and then you know my sister was there, always there to support me too. So definitely had some great um, support systems. And what I reckon too, I've got a, um, my older cousin uh, Paul Fatuida. He's a, he was a big help for me too. He played um, in the NRL, so he he knows how how it is as a professional athlete. Mm. um and so he he dealt with depression and, and suicidal thoughts and stuff like that and psychosis and um, he's got a powerful story if you want to look him up bro and so he runs these workshops called internal strength and about six weeks after i had surgery i was still as i said back in the trenches because i thought that surgery was going to make me happy i was back down in the trenches and he had one of these workshops in wellington called uh, internal strength and it was a four-week resilience building workshop for youth mm. and so i went to this bro and it was like vulnerability vulnerability was encouraged you know they, they encourage you to, to be vulnerable which is cool and that was the first time I ever you know um told people that I, I thought about taking my life out loud because it was a safe environment and so 
um, he's definitely a key mentor of mine. And he, um, my older cousin, he definitely helped me a lot. And um, yeah, Fano siblings, they've always been there for me. And um, yeah, lots of supportive networks around coaches as well and teammates. Yeah, when you talk about vulnerability, I think that's, that's pretty key. Um, I listen to a lot yeah, of people bro. and they talk about that too. What was it mm. like when you when you finally, you know, put yourself out there and became vulnerable? Did you feel like, you know, you grew a bit more or how did that feel? Mm. I felt like I grew a lot, bro. And, and like, um, to be honest, I was shy. I, I've always, like, I think as, um, I've, as I've been learning over the years, you know, like uh, vulnerability is your strength and, and putting yourself out there is actually not only is it your strength for you, like, you know, it was like a big weight taken off my shoulders, but I feel like mm-hmm. it's a strength for others too, because, you know, it shows others that vulnerability is actually kind of cool, you know, like if, if people, and I'm not trying to like blow my own trumpet or be up myself, but I know that people look up to me in a way, you mm-hmm. know, there's people that look up to me. And so if these people that are looking up to me, see me being vulnerable and, and expressing my emotions, you know, they're going to see, damn, okay, I look up to this fellow and he does that, I can do the same. So kind of just trying to normalize it for others too and um, mm. when I went to that workshop there was like once one person stood up and shared their story then bro there was everyone was like oh I want to share my story too you know like so that just shows that when you actually don't bottle it up and, and you release it out and I know it's easier it's easier said than done because yeah. it was so hard for me to for me to say it and um, but yeah I, I'd encourage people definitely to embrace vulnerability and, and see it as a superpower more so than a, than a weakness you know it's actually it's actually where we grow yeah, but um, depression and suicide and all that—that's that's sort of becoming a big issue these days, eh? And I think if there's more people like you normalizing vulnerability and stuff, that yeah, that's definitely going to help other people out there. I definitely want it, this um this space to be to be you know you're allowed to talk about that stuff. It's a safe space. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. So thank you for sharing, my bro. I know it can't be tough. Hey, but, um, yeah, no, nah, it's cool. It was it was real tough at the start, but as I've talked about it more, you know. Um, got a more comfortable sharing my story and as I said doing like public speaking and stuff like that that's really helped me too it's a liberating feeling to be honest like getting mm. it off my chest every time I tell my story I feel like it, it helps me heal even more yeah, yeah for sure so when you when you started to do your rehab and, and come off your injury um what, what happened with your basketball and all that yeah so I had I had surgery in September 2019 and then I had the whole uh whole of 2020 off um, I didn't get to play. I had to watch from the sidelines, which was again tough, you know. Like, mm. and I feel like, yeah, it was it was tough mentally seeing all my bros playing, and and like I was happy for them. I was really happy for them, but at the same time, I was also thinking, damn, you know, I'd love to be out there. But uh, patience has been a big word on my on my journey, and I just had to be patient and stuck it out. I've done my, all my rehab, and as I as I told you, I smashed through it all. And then uh, mm. last year, last year, 2021, at the end of 2020, I was playing in a league here in Wellington just um, like in an intercity league, like in a, in a club league. And um, I was playing in the same same team as the Saints general manager, who's actually my good friend too, Jordan Mills. And so he asked me, you know, what are you up to next year? You're, you're healthy, you're back playing. Um, what do you think about running it with the Saints? And so ended up playing for the Saints last year, bro. And it was so cool because as a kid, I never actually played basketball until I was about 13, 14. I played league when I was young, like since I was like four, all the way mm-hmm. until I was 13. And so... But still, when I was a kid, my old man used to play ball and he used to take us to the games. And so we used to go watch the Saints when I was a little kid all the time. Like most weekends, he'll, he'll get free tickets or something. And so um, playing for the Saints in TSB Bank Arena was was mean because I was like, damn, you know, my first game there, I was like, ah, this is kind of what I dreamed of as a kid or, you know, just being a professional athlete. And it was kind of like a full circle moment. And so um, 
things didn't always go my way, like um, on the court and stuff like that in terms of minutes and stuff like that. But to be honest, I was just grateful to be there. If I think about it, I took, it was 23 months by the time I got injured until I played again. So I was really just grateful to be there. And um, yeah, just, just grateful to be able to do what I love with in my home city with my family there mm. and uh, playing for Wellington as well. I think nine out of 12 of our players went to high school in Wellington. So I was playing with a lot of my schoolmates. Uh, mm. One of my best friends from St. Pat Silverstream, he was in the team too. And then, um, yeah, we ended up winning the championship last year. So we won the NZ NBL title, yeah, first first championship as a as a 21 year old. Uh, we won 18 games and lost two, and then yeah, beat uh, beat Hawks Bay in the final. So that was me, and it was in in Porirua as well in front of my family. How did it feel winning that championship, right? Oh, it felt amazing, eh? Honestly, that was probably one of the best weekends of my life. Like mm. I still um, got my singlet hanging on the wall with the medal on it. And in basketball tradition, when you win, you cut down like the net after the game. You cut mm. down. The yep. basketball net and so everyone gets a piece of the net and so you know i still got my net and i look back at photos of this often and um yeah i was posting about a heaps on my instagram because i remember my little sister was like you know why do you keep posting photos from the finals like you know it was just a proud moment like it was um yeah bro, it, it felt amazing especially coming back from injury and mm. um and just and just it was a, a great year of growth for me and just seeing how i can contribute to a basketball team even um, even as young, one of the young fellas are not playing too much, you know, I can still mm. contribute um, from the bench or, you know, come in and have an impact in, in limited minutes. Yeah, so you went from, you know, being down in the trenches to being right up on the mountain winning the championship. Yeah, yeah. Wow, congratulations. Cool, Thanks, yeah. brother. So after your, your... Oh, so how's that going, actually? How's the basketball and stuff going? It's going all good, bro. It's, it's um, I was bloody training hard, like so hard this off-season. You know, I got my first taste of playing for the Saints um last year um and so it, it was going good i was training hard with all my boys and we got some great and being in wellington that's the difference between i reckon wellington and palmy there's you know there's um very limited resources to use in palmy and you know you can always make do with what you got but the the great thing about living in wellington there's always lots of coaches here to help you there's facilities you know we train at asb sports center which is like 12 basketball court or six basketball courts six netball courts so it's huge and um yeah, basketball's going good. It's, it's on hold, to be honest, if I'm, if I'm honest right now, because of the whole traffic light system. Um, you know, I've had, to, I've had to put it on hold for a bit, but I'm at peace for that for now. And, and it's, um, I know when it's time to place up the boots again, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be ready. Any advice you have to your other up-and-coming basketball players out there, bro? What I'll tell you, and, and this is the advice that um, I use for myself, is like, you have to really make sacrifices. Like when I was in high school at St. Pat Silverstream, I didn't go to any parties. I didn't drink alcohol. I didn't, uh, all my boys were going to parties on the weekends. And mm. um, don't get me wrong now, you know, I, I still, I, I go to parties and stuff like that with my boys now. But when I was younger, I really made those sacrifices. I'm still young, but um, really make those sacrifices and work hard. My old man was a, a coach at Silverstream. So he had a key to the gym. And so in the weekends, him and I would be in the gym every weekend, you know, like while my boys are like, come to the parties. They stopped inviting me in the end day. They stopped inviting me to parties because they just knew I wouldn't come because mm. that wasn't really my scene. Um, I enjoyed working hard. So um, I'd say, like, if you, for, for young basketball players, if you really want to, want to make it happen, you have, you have to make the sacrifices. You know, I get um, messages, which is really cool. I love people asking questions and people, you know, ask what it takes. You know, I want to I wanna play for the Saints too. And then they tell me, you know, they work out a couple hours a week and stuff like that. And I'm like, damn, when me and my old man, you know, We'd go to school every morning. We'd be the only ones in the school gym at 6.30 a.m. before school started at, at, at 8.30. And my old man would rebound for me and we'd work out. 
and then um, I'd go to school and then after school I'd go back and work out again and so that was every day that was consistent stuff like that my old man would make me go shoot outside on the outside hoops and if you know Wellington it's windy as and he'll be like you know we can't leave until we make a certain um, hundred uh, certain couple hundreds of shots and I'll be like damn it's windy as I can't even make these shots and he's like you know you got to train your mind and stuff like that so um, work ethic is definitely important you know um a quote my cousin told me is hard work works if you put in the, in the work you know it's going to work out for you so um that's some advice I, i'd give and be patient too it's not going to happen overnight yeah for sure who are your idols or your your you know nba players that you look up to kobe bryant number one um i'm a, I'm a laker fan kobe's my favorite player of all time and my, my older cousin andre he's one of the reasons i started playing basketball he was a big kobe fan so uh, i admire obviously what i just talked about work ethic Kobe's probably known as the hardest worker ever in NBA history. So, have, have um, you read yeah. Kobe's book? I read one called Showboat. Have you read that one? I know he's got a few oh, autobiographies no, or biographies. Oh yes, yes, yes. Mama mentality. Yep, I got that one. Oh, that's much to say. Oh, yeah, it's mean, bro, and it's cool because yeah. it goes into detail. Wait, like it talks mm. about you know, like the pregame and like yeah, how yeah. he would lift weights and stuff. You know, I'm not, I'm no basketball player, but he's one of my inspirations yep. too. Just uh, yeah, the, the detail, the work, Just mindset, eh? Yeah, mindset. He's uh, doing what you're doing out the early mornings, hey, out in the wind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's when it pays off, eh? Hey? That's when it counts. He he used to get up at four a.m. Mm. and 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 do his trainings. You know, he's he's a man, and it paid off. Obviously, twenty seasons in the with the Lakers. So I've been following your journey on TikTok only for a little bit. I saw you, I think, yep. a couple of weeks ago. I'll, I'll, this fella's on. And um, <laughs> you, you sort of go through your day in the life, your morning routines and mm. all that. Talk us through all of that stuff. How did that all come about? Uh, that, that, that kind of stemmed from when I got injured. You know, I, I, I've always kind of been interested in morning routines, bro. And like, I really just, I'm, honestly, I'm really passionate about like bettering myself and, and, um, and bettering my life. And I've been doing this stuff for a while, but um, I feel like re I'm really in a space right now where I'm actually living it, you know, I'm, I'm mm. living my values and like, I mean the stuff, like if I think back to about a year ago, bro, I was still doing these practices, but I wasn't, I wasn't the person who I am today. Um, I just uh, finished a, a five-year relationship with my ex-partner and it didn't end too well, you know, I wasn't the best partner. And so I really had to take some look, a look in the mirror. And um, when we talk about depression, it was only like last year, bro, when Back in April, we had a um, preseason tournament with the Saints and I, I didn't play too well. And I was still going through stuff with the breakup. And um, a lot of it was on my end. You know, I was unfaithful and um, it really played, it brought me a lot of guilt and a lot of shame. And so I really just thought about bettering my life. So I would look in the mirror and, and think about how I could be a better person. And so um, I, I decided, you know, there's that saying, fake it till you make it. And but I don't really believe in that. I believe in face it to you make it. You know, if you face face your challenges. And so, um, last year back in April, I started getting counselling, and that was really cool. And it was cool to to talk about that openly to show other people. You know, um, there's obviously that stigma. What we talked about with mental health, um, where males, you know, they're ashamed to go to get counselling. So I thought I'll get counselling. I went twice, and bro, it was it was mean, mm -hmm. and it really helped me face it till I make it. You know, you got to face these things. And so, um, you know, it's like embracing your insecurities and embracing your vulnerabilities and that's what I feel like my self-development with my whole morning routine does and I feel like at the moment I'm truly living that stuff you know it's not I'm not uh living a life I'm not living a lie you know these mm. when I wake up early and journal and meditate and obviously I vlog it so it's for the camera but it's not for the camera you know I'm doing this stuff and I'm li I'm living it 
and I feel like the the vlogging it kind of holds you accountable too. You mm-hmm. uh, obviously I watch your vlogs too, so you might know like you know you can't wake up and um, go to the gym and say like Jeff, I know I went to the gym at five thirty, mm-hmm. video the gym and then go home. You know you're actually there doing it, mm-hmm. so it kind of holds you accountable. So sure. um, yeah, I, I, as I said, I'm, I'm just really passionate about bettering myself and. Um, something that's come to the forefront of my mind in recent months is, you know, my future tamariki. I want, I want to to be a person that they can aspire to to take positive things away from. You know, I I wouldn't want them to look at their papa and think, you know, he's a loser or something like that. And <laughs> not that I think about that about myself anyway, but you know, I want them to to have someone really admirable and and someone that um, is okay to make mistakes and okay to admit that because I'll be the first person to admit I'm no perfect human. As I mentioned, um, you know, like I've had lots of lots of stuff ups, but I think um, waking up in the morning early, grounding myself and my thoughts, and having the first two hours of my day to myself, it really helps set me up to to have a good day. That was a bit of a ramble, bro. If you know me, people know oh, me; they nah. know I ramble. So that's mean, cuz take it away. Some, all good. I need some value in there, cuz. <laughs> talk us, talk us through your morning routine. I'll talk you through. So this morning, I woke up at six uh, six a.m. and six oh five. I had a late one last night. I've been really mm. busy um really busy uh working on a project with a videographer here in wellington he's doing uh kind of like this sharing my story but through like um, videography he's got a flash drone and stuff so i had a late one but i I said to him he said to me oh bro what are you going to do in the morning i said bro i'll still be up early you know this is this really helps set me up for the day because some days i miss my morning routine um you know if i have something on saturday i moved house so i didn't you know do that and i feel like later in the day it catches up on me you know Mm. because those first two hours of the day really set me up so I woke up at six and then 605 this morning um, I woke up I made me some tea and then I enjoy like you know drinking tea it kind of it kind of keeps me mindful it's like my mindful practice in the morning and I did some journaling at 615 and I just like I just uh, imagine I'm talking to the universe or something you know more than or something like that and mm. I write down my morning thoughts how I'm feeling and then I'm staying in Wellington at the moment so I walked um, down to Oriental Parade down to the beach and I did some breath work with Wim Hof and then after that, I read my book and then I went for a swim. And it's like what you said about the cold water immersion. It was windy as this morning. Um, it was a bit choppy, but I was like, you know, I've got to test my mind and build resilience. And while I do that, I walk down and listen to a podcast. And then, um, and so that for that first hour of the day, so I wake up at six and I don't check social media for the first time until seven. And so for that first hour of the day, you know, there's journaling, there's um, listening to a, a educational podcast, there's breath work, there's reading, and then there's swimming, bro. And so that's five things um, before I've even seen anything negative on social media or, mm. you know, I heard this quote from Jay Shetty and he said, when you check, if you check social media first thing in the morning, that's like having 100 people walk through your room first thing in the morning, you know, like mm. uh, imagine all those 100 people, their thoughts and their feelings and their moods. Say if someone posts something negative on Insta- Instagram and that's the first thing you see in the morning, and you open it up and you're like, damn, my day started on a negative. So I've really found that um, my first hour of the day to myself, no social media, it's my own thoughts and feelings, bro, leads me and leads me into the day. And my older cousin told me one time, when you win the morning, you win the day. So mm. I just try to win my morning every morning. Uh, any cup of tea in, in uh, particular that you have? Bro, I've been, I've been drinking um, loose leaf tea, like which is just no not tea bags and stuff. So um i've been getting like um, some really nice ones it just depends what kind of mood i'm in like mm. um peppermint tea is good for like digestion so i'll drink that before bed but no 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 particular i kind of just mix it up 
I went through this little phase. I listened to this fella called Heinz. He's got his own podcast mm. and he drinks lots of tea. And I went through this phase and I'm still like, you know, he's one of my idols too. And um, I went through this phase of going through like collecting tea and stuff. It was a bit crazy, but yeah, uh, I find it keeps me mindful, keeps me present. Yeah, uh, and with your morning routine, bro, does it does it often like change? Like, uh, I'm not too sure what I mean by that, but like your timings and all that when you might do it, you might not go for yeah. a swim today or sometimes like uh, yeah, I guess like there's a lots of things that come into play like weather and stuff like that. Like, um, in in terms of if I'm gonna swim or if the the water's dirty or something, but um, sometimes the times change. If I know I have like a busy like morning, um. Like, say if we were going to do this podcast at eight instead of nine, I would have done working up maybe an hour earlier because this was perfect timing, nine o'clock, because I just got home from the beach before about 20 past eight, you know, washed up and then it was perfect. But um, the only time I would change is if, you know, there was other things I had to do in the morning beforehand. So I'd have to shift it earlier. But um, yeah, nah, I, I value it. Eh? It's, it's an important time. Like mm. some people are often like, oh, like people, you know, they want to join in or they'll be like, oh, I'll come down to the beach with you in the morning. But and it's no like shade to them, but I enjoy, I value my time in the morning yeah. to myself. You know, I feel like it helps set me up for my interactions later in the day. Yeah, I think I saw on your videos, um, you're alone, but you're not lonely sort of thing. Yeah, bro. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely the mindset I have, especially last year too, going through a breakup. I was mm. a, lot, a lot of time I spent alone. So had to, I've always been independent and a bit introverted. So I was learning to um, enjoy your own company. That's what I say. If you can be, some people, a lot of people are dependent on others to make them happy. But I think if you can make yourself happy and be independent, then, you know, you'll be at peace whether you're with people or not. And so how's your journey going with reading books? Bro, it's going mean. I, I, um, I've been, I just, I've been, I started reading books when I first got injured. I listened to, yeah. um, bro, do, you, do you follow the fellas from YKTR? Yeah, like because. Um... Yeah. So they've been a big inspo for me too, probably like you too, obviously mm. with your clothing business as well um and so i remember he he said because he did his acl ice when he was in the nrl yeah. and he said he started getting into reading then too mm. and i done my acl and i was like oh sweet i might as well get into reading too mm. and then so yeah I've, I've been smashing out some books i've got a goal this year on a, uh, i set this goal last year and i didn't achieve it and it kind of annoyed 12 me books, reading tw- 12 books 12, 12 books right oh, yeah, yeah. so right. i'll get my i'll get my 12 done, done this year. Uh, i just finished the comic habits well, I started Atomic Habits in late December, so I'm not counting that. Like, I'm oh. just going to hold myself accountable. Mm. So I'm, I'm reading technically my first book, but I'm smashing through it, and um, I'll, I'll have to play catch-up at some point, because it's already fed. How was that Atomic Books? Of, of, uh, Atomic Habits, sorry. I've heard a lot about that. Very mean. So that's actually what that's actually helped me heaps with my morning routine. So there's, like, um, there's lots of, obviously, good advice in there, how to, how to build good habits, and he's got these little like um, statements or something you can write to build good habits. So when I wake up in the morning, oh, so the night before I always write down what I'm going to do the next morning. And mm. I've been implementing some of the things that I learned from atomic habits and it helps heaps, bro. Like there was, um, there's this one I've, I've really wanted to be better around like money or kutia and, and saving and stuff like that. And there was this one habit I picked up in there and it said like, if you're like a compulsive spender or you do like unnecessary spending, Say if you're gonna buy like a four dollar coffee, if you refrain from that and you get into the good habit of, um, of saving that money, then to transfer that money from instead of spending four dollars on the coffees, put that four dollars into your savings, and that's like some of the that's some of the um, things that I've been implementing into my life too, like that their books help with. But um, I did a little book review on it too. It was a really good book. Oh no, I think I saw that one too. And on moving on to your podcast, what was the inspo behind that one? 
Bro, kind of, oh, pretty much um, YKTR and Gary V. Like, oh. those are big inspos of, of me. So, mm. they're big on the content and, and I'm trying to be getting into the content game. But actually, really, when I when I got injured, um, obviously, YKTR always talk about, like, documenting the journey. So, I, I started doing vlogs on YouTube, like, longer form of vlogs, not the TikTok ones I do yeah. now. But um, I started doing those and then I was like, I listened to Gary V and then he always used to talk about, like, there's three styles of, three main styles of content is video, audio, and then written. And so I started writing blogs for a bit too, so I could get my written. And then um, I was like, oh, you know, the only one I'm not doing at the moment is audio because I was doing blogs and vlogs. And then so I started a podcast. I checked up a little poll on my story and um, said like, I got any podcast names for me. And so my nickname is Mani, but people call me Mans as well. Mm. And then so someone was like, oh, what about Yans with Mans? And then another person said Yans with Mans. And I was like, hey, that's like, it's got a yeah, pretty cool ring, to, a it, ring so. to it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm the same as you, like with my podcast. I just wanted to um, give people a platform. At the moment, I'm just doing episodes for myself, but um, or kind of like this fellow Hines that I said, he just does individual podcasts and just shares like his daily thoughts. Mm. But I'm like, yeah, I just wanted to give people a platform to come on and share their story and even be vulnerable. And, very, and I always just think of um, like what you talked about, providing value. With my podcast, if, if one person can take something away from it, then I see it as like you know it it was uh, was worth it. So yeah, I've been enjoying the podcast space. Actually, mm. I haven't really been doing too many YouTube vlogs, but the podcasts mean as you obviously you you've seen firsthand. Um, I like to talk, so <laughs> podcast. Oh, yeah, it's all good stuff. <laughs> I think you've been adding heaps of value today. <laughs> but, um, yeah, now YKTR, Isaac Johns especially is a big inspiration on why I do most yeah. of the things that I do. Um, and then from him, it went on to Gary V, as it probably did for you. And wow, yeah, Gary V's just next here. level as well. But yeah, he's they the inspired head. me to do your own podcast too. That was all yeah, Isaac Johns. Yeah. Me. Oh, and uh, and Plant-Based Marty, do you listen to him oh, as well? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's, he's changed it to me. Planting Seeds now, eh? Planting Seeds podcast, yeah. yeah. But I just mean him in general too. He's been a big inspo for me too. Yeah, no, same as me. But I'm um, like you. He does a lot of spiritual stuff too. So that's probably what we'll talk about next. Talk us through all of that stuff. Yeah, bro. So people always um, people always ask me, you know, how do you get into spirituality? And I don't, to be honest, I don't really know. Like I, I didn't go in, into this intentionally, but if we rewind back to when I said I got injured and I started to like use affirmations and realize that like the, um, like it's uh, people always, you know, they laugh at this, but that's okay. That's their own projections mm. of the insecurities and stuff like that. But cool. I believe like I've, I've never grew up religious I never grew up religious, so I don't believe in like um, you know Jesus or, or stuff like that, like people do. But I believe that they I believe in higher power. I believe in our atua. I believe in like you know our guardian angels and our tupuna are watching us. So um, the whole spirituality thing is, I I just I started I started speaking um, speaking things into existence, and you know like what I said with the affirmations, and so mm. um, and I reckon people ask me, as I said, how do you get into this path and I don't know if it's something you go into intentionally. I think that um, God or the universe or whatever high power you believe in aligns up with your life. And so that's why I say I wouldn't take back my injury because it taught me all the spiritual stuff. Like they say that um, like spirituality is just like bringing, it's not, um, uh, it's it's like bringing light to the darkness. So all the dark sides of you that you were neglecting and you, you didn't want to bring up because you're too ashamed and stuff that's where like the real growth is, is when you bring light to it and bring it to the surface and realize actually these aren't just like, um, you know, my, my childhood traumas and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's part of me, you know, it, it shapes who I am. And so um, the whole spirituality thing, it's, 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 as I said, it, it helped me feel more connected to myself. 
And I, I feel like at the moment I'm in a phase where I know myself more than I ever have before. Like I know what makes me tick. And um, the book I'm reading at the moment, A New Earth, it helps you put the, it helps you learn more about spirit and ego. And so now I'm more conscious and aware of if I'm acting out of ego or spirit. And I still do act out of ego a lot, but it's a it's a mindful practice and it's a conscious practice every day um, on the spiritual realm. And a, a lot of people like they think spirituality is just crystals and stuff like that and crystals and meditating and stuff. Mm -hmm. And in a way it is. And, and there's such, like crystal healing. I'm wearing a crystal little um, necklace now called a kupinga, which is pretty mean. Um, mm. But a lot of it is just like, yeah, when I talk about grounding, um, you know, uh, standing bare feet on the earth and letting it charge you up and stuff like that, bro. So people call me a hippie and stuff like that, but I'm, I'm, I'm I embrace it. I'm, I'm happy to be like I'm happy to be like that. Hey, if, if it makes me happy and yeah, provides value for others, bro, like uh, I think it's all good. But um, yeah, it's it's just I think there's more to more to this world than we know. Like with the universe, mm. it's, it's so powerful out there, and our mind is powerful, our thoughts are powerful, and that's where kind of spirituality spirituality is at for me, um, making me oh. feel more connected to myself. How has your um like growth as a person been from exploring more into the spiritual sort of realm? I guess. Bro, I think it's, uh, oh, bro, my, my growth as a person is, like, in this realm has been, like, um, I can't even describe it. It's it's, mm. it's been great because what I've really been tapping into, and I talked about this the other week on my Instagram, is my big thing for this year is embracing my authentic self. And so um, with this whole spirituality journey, it's taught me that, you know, people are going to like you, or people are going to love you for exactly who you are. And there's people that are not going to like you for exactly who you are, but that's just the law of the universe. You know, mm -hmm. it's like the perfect balance. It's like, I talked about it in one of my podcasts too, about um, like Goldilocks, the story of Goldilocks, you know, when she made the porridge, if it was too hot, then it was like unenjoyable. If it was too cold, it was unenjoyable. So she had to make it perfectly warm in the middle. And where I'm going with that is like the law of polarity is like, there's um, a perfect balance in the universe. And so, there's going to be people that love you and there's going to be people that hate you, but you got to like focus on the middle and where I'm going with that. Sorry. Is, um, <laughs> it's about embracing my authentic self. And so that's what this whole growth has been about is um, just realizing that, you know, I'm, I'm at my best when I'm me, you know, like I'm not trying to put on an act for others. And that's what the whole spirituality has taught me is to just embrace my unique self. There's 7.3 billion people in the world and there's no one like you. There's no one like me, you know, we have to um, be unique. And Aris Avia's clothing brand, he says, be you. And then he puts unique at the end. So like, you know, be unique, embrace, embrace yeah. who you are. And that's what, um, that's how I've grown a lot. Oh, man. Oh, that, that, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's been good having talked to you. Well, we got oh, about 10 minutes left. So um, hey, I don't know, we'll see where it goes. Well, what advice do you have for others just on their journey in general? Um, things that you've learned throughout yours? and think you can add to their journey i would say just to enjoy um each phase you know uh be grateful for the times you're in the trenches and don't get too high when you're um you know on the mountaintop enjoy it like enjoy it but um just just realize that um you know i heard a podcast this morning i listened to a podcast and it said you've survived 100 of your hardest days so when you're in your when you're in the trenches and you're you're down in the dirt like me like i was um you know don't don't be satisfied but be grateful for it because there's a lesson in, in everything and mm. when i got injured my mom told me that everything happens for you and not to you so you may not see it at the time but eventually you're going to see like i see now with my injuries that it happened for me it happened for my my growth and stuff like that so yeah have you followed um craig cooper's journey or no nah? 
uh, a little bit. I listened to that podcast when he was on the Ice Project, and then oh. I've just been obviously like with his big comeback. I follow him on Instagram and stuff, mm. but not too much in detail. Yeah, he talks a lot about ego and all that sort of stuff. Um, True. he was yeah, because he was quite hated back in in the day. He talks oh, about big his journey, time, but um, yeah, he he says a lot about successes in the day to day and not in the moment. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, not to let ego get the best of you. So no, that that's mean, cause anything else you want to share? Oh, actually, no. Before we get into that, well, what 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 does the future have um in store for Mans? Bro, uh, the future people asked me this and I was having a talk to one of my bros yesterday and as obviously we talked about like being present. Um, I don't think too much of the into the future, but mm. bro, in the most humble way, I know that whatever I do, I'm going to be great at it. Like if I, if, um, if things go well with, with how things are with um, the world and I'm back on the court soon, I know that I'll excel and do my best at that. And um, maybe one day we might have the, um, the, tied for tied for first best podcast and nz both of us or something like that you know like whatever we whatever i i pursue and whatever um bro back on like just onto that question but with the spirituality thing it's just i think um part of it is just enjoying and not forcing anything and just allowing what it is to be what it is you know when you focus on what you can control which is what i'm doing now focusing on my morning routines and, and getting better the universe is going to open doors for you, bro. And like, sure. like Bob Marley said, you know, when one door closes, another one opens. And so in life, um, whatever doors close, I know that something else is going to open up. And um, yeah, so to answer your question, I'm not, I'm not too sure, to be honest. I don't, I don't know exactly what the, what the universe holds for me, but I know that uh, the universe holds, has my back, my, my two point have my back and um, whatever it is, I'll excel. And before I let you go, I was listening to your uh, Midi Midi podcast because I've been yeah, always yeah. wanting to get one, eh? But I just don't really yeah. know. How how was that experience? Bro, crazy. Like, um, so the fellow that done it, he's from down here. I think he lives in Levin or Otaki. His name's Tapahia Hike. And um, he's a he's a he's such a cool fella. And um, bro, it was cool because it um it connected me to my pop who passed away a year earlier you know like because because i was with a medium he's it's what they call a medium they're like the person between us and the spiritual realm like the people that do your um mm. um so i had a psychic reading sorry i had a rumi rumi as well that day which was mean like that was pretty spiritual like um i listened to this meditation while i done it and she was like you know digging my her knee into me and her heel and like you know it was like it was cool like to think that that's what our tupuna used to do back in the day and that's so that's also why I'm so big on holistic healing, bro. Like um with the whole thing, what I mentioned about basketball before, like, you know, when I get sick, I don't I don't take um like Panadol or stuff like that. You know, I'll find the I've never on uh, I'll go to the doctor if I absolutely need to, but I, I'm really interested in how our, our Tupuna used to heal, you know. My mum will make us kawakawa tea or something like that, you know, like uh, that really interests me. And so um that was called cool, the Romi Romi, but the, the psychic reading that I got that same day, that was that was crazy, bro. Like um, I was in tears he was he was in tears you know like it was really powerful mm. and I think because I'm a, like a spiritual being as well or living in that realm it was easier for him to get his reading across yeah oh man thanks for I, listening to that podcast dude that's mean that you listen to that oh no nah, because I, I was just oh, I better get some background you know this, oh, yeah, yeah, this yeah. been up to. <laughs> yeah and then I saw that one and I was like oh bro, I, I need that yeah that was a while ago actually uh, do you recommend getting a reading done too 100% bro I, I reckon like I reckon, um, like, go in there maybe with some intention if, if that's what you want to do. Like, go in there and, and don't just, like, um, yeah, you know, like, maybe have a think about what you want to get out of it beforehand because mm. beforehand, like, you know, my, my pop died a year before. So, you know, 
obviously I knew that stuff, some of their stuff comes up, you know, um, speaking to to like spirit and stuff like that. So um, yeah, going there with some intention, I'd 100% recommend it because I believe in, obviously um, into spirituality. So I believe in that stuff wholeheartedly. I believe in like tohu and signs and omens and stuff mm. like that. So yeah. yeah, I believe that's where we get it from. Oh, and, and I've seen on your story too, the number 2222. What does that mean? Yeah. No, nah, they're just so today's the second of the second yeah, yeah, twenty-two. Yeah. What, what does oh, it mean? So, so like, um, when you see like consecutive numbers, I see it as like angel numbers. Yeah. Uh, oh, so that's what they're called. Sorry, angel numbers, and so they can just be signs, bro. You know, like um, when like when people say like coincidences, I don't like believe in coincidences. I reckon everything happens for a reason. So, you know, when we see those numbers, like it's 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 there for a reason. You know, like um, I seen four. I was seeing. So the last few months, obviously, with the basketball stuff, has been real tough on my mind, you know, um, tossing up what to do. And I keep seeing the number 444. Mm. And so I searched it up. And what 444 represents is, like, it means that, you know, your angels or your tupuna, they're with you and, and they're guiding you all the way. So no matter what's on your plate, if you're having a hard day, they want you to know that they're there with you. So I might check the time and it's 444. And then that's just a reminder, okay, sweet, they're with me right now, you know, like, it's been a stressful day, but my, my angels are with me. And then, um, but yeah, that's kind of on a, a spiritual realm as well, oh, like with that kind of stuff, angel numbers. But it's like, it's like you know when um, when you get visits from from like from spirits through mm. other forms, like you know, um, my mate that passed away, my brother that passed away just before Christmas, we released or his uh, partner released monarch butterflies um, over his over where he was lying, uh, laying, and then now whenever I see a monarch butterfly, you know, I see that as him coming to visit me, and there was one that came the other day. To, over to our house as we were moving and it was just flying around my head and stuff like that so i see those as signs i see everything as a sign that um you know we're, we're being spiritually guided at all times yeah i just on that one so my cousin passed away a few years and anyways the butterfly was sort of our um what, what yep. do you call it? yeah sign as well and i moved to this house that i'm in right now last year and there happened yep. to be a tree outside where the caterpillars grow on and turn into butterflies and mean, at the moment, yeah. there's like 10 bloody butterflies flying wow. around. I was out of it. Yeah. Mean. That's mean, bro. That's cool. Yeah. On my, um, on my, where my mate's laying actually in, up in Palmy, um, he's got one of those trees. Someone planted it at his, on his grave. So he's got, um, caterpillars growing oh, or they'll eventually be chrysalis. And then, yeah, it's butterflies. No, oh, yeah. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast, my Ray. I really enjoyed having you on here. I think all our listeners out there, definitely take you know some gems out of this whatever that may be and that'll help them on their journey for sure any last words you want to say to them uh just quickly i'll just i'll just say thank you to you bro for having me on like i've been following you on you on tiktok for ages maybe over a year or something just watching oh, all your wow. vlogs and stuff like that so um it's been cool following your journey and um it's it's cool to see what you're doing bro like with the small town kid podcast and just all your stuff you know you're showing that you're in a way, oh, in a in a big way, showing you know for other small town kids that there's a there's there's um, an abundant world out there for op- mm. opportunities, and um, yeah, so thank you for having me on, bro. This is actually our first time even um, talking to in yeah, person. Hey, yeah, you yeah, messaged yeah. me on Instagram about podcast, and then that was it. So this is our mm. first time meeting. But um, just some advice to anyone out there is, is just to, um, and this is my advice I give myself is just to embrace your authentic self, like what I already said in this podcast is um, there's only one of you. You're, mm. Everyone is one of one. So um, to embrace your authentic self, be patient with yourself, take it easy on yourself. And um, yeah, love always wins. That's all, that's all I'll say. <laughs> all <right. laughs> that's why I always say peace and love at the end of my, 
things because obviously Rangimari means peaceful or peace. So oh, and then love is, and and also my yeah. cousin's name was Rangimari. That was out of it as well. True. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mean. I've never I've never actually met another um another boy named Rangimari. Yeah, yeah, oh, I've only met Ill. Tirangi Marie, So yeah, yeah. True. Nah, it's, it's cool. I embrace my name, eh? Peaceful, and that's why yeah, that's why I always check out the peace sign. <laughs> yeah. Finish off our podcast. I don't know. Say something and finish it off. Uh, well, just like an outro. Yeah. I'll say uh, um, <laughs> this is Rangimari Emita and Ngakuhu Walker and thank you for tuning in to a small town kid podcast hopefully that you got some value out of this episode um, I really enjoyed talking with the bro today and um, just hopefully as I said in the in the episode if you can get one thing away from this then it was worthwhile and um, yeah sending peace and love to everyone out there there's a lot of division in the world at the moment and it's a tough time that everyone's in but um, I, I'm genuinely rooting for everyone and I hope that everyone makes it through any tough times that you're going through right now. Chifane, that was the podcast. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, chuck up a rating, five star would be nice. And also, if you know someone that might take some gems out of this or it will add value to their journey, uh, make sure you tell them about the podcast. Otherwise, catch you up. Cheers.